It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on the podcast. Thanks for joining me on this Friday edition of the show. Talking a lot of basketball today. Of course, BYU winning their WCC opener last night over Pacific. Heading to Moraga now to take on St. Mary's tomorrow. We'll break down the win from last night here in this first segment before focusing on what the St. Mary's Gales bring to the table in the second segment of today's show and in the final segment of the show got some football updates as well as the other teams in the BYU athletic department notably the BYU women's basketball team remaining perfect in WCC play that we will detail for you Uh, brought to you today on today's podcast by Sling TV we'll tell you what they're offering locked on Cougars listeners here in a moment thanks again for tuning in each and every day to this podcast please share it with your family and friends let them know that this is your their daily source for all things BYU news that they need to know so that way they can always be up to date on the latest when it comes to BYU athletics all right without further ado let's get going this is locked on Cougars for January 4th 2019 Well, that game was something, wasn't it? BYU races out to a 21-point lead in the first half, sees it get cut to 12 before halftime, and then Pacific goes on a run in the second half, briefly takes a lead. But like the stud he is, TJ Haas gives the lead back to BYU with a deep NBA range three-pointer, and BYU escapes Stockton, California with a 90-87 win over the Pacific Tigers. Absolutely crazy game, I thought, went back and forth. I thought BYU, when they went up 21 in that first half, this was going to be a laugh or BYU would close it out and it would just be a good game. It would be a good showing for BYU. But Pacific showed a lot of fight, and that's that was an impressive effort um, from the Tigers. I really like what they did, uh, rallying to take the lead in that second half. I think this is a game that BYU can learn from, but the best part is from it is that you, you got the win, is that, if that makes sense sense is you don't have to worry about uh, the the losing and having to take a lesson from that. BYU got tested in this game. They raced out to that big lead. TJ Haas led the way on the night with 24 points. He went 4 of 8 from 3. Uh, BYU was incredible just shooting right out of the gate. 10 of 11 shooting to start the game. 5 of 6 from the 3 point stripe. Got that 26-10 advantage just under 12 minutes to go. They pushed it up to 41-23 to and I was really impressed with what BYU did. They came out hot, but then I was also impressed by the fact that they were able to uh, withstand all the punches that Pacific threw at them as that second half wore on took that lead and then TJ Haas I I don't know if I can reiterate how big that three-pointer was it just I believe it was about two minutes 245 to go and he hits that three and gives BYU the lead Jasheer Hardnett I thought had a big role in this game of course you saw the if you look at the box score 17 points he comes off the bench he'd actually started I believe 47 straight games before being uh 
substituted out of the starting lineup last night and having uh, McKay Cannon inserted into the starting lineup alongside uh, Luke Worthington. But it was good to see a guy like a Jasheer Hardnett show up in this game and really help out BYU with balancing that scoring load. We talked about on the podcast yesterday how important it was for BYU to have a secondary, well, not secondary, they have the secondary score. Yoli Childs and TJ Hawes are the two big offensive options for the Cougars. A third guy that can kind of balance the load is what BYU's been looking for. And at least for last night, it was Jasheer Hardnett. And that was good to see. He hit some big free throws down the line. Uh, to help BYU out. Nick Emery also ha- um, had some free throws there, g- gave BYU that 90-87 to 87 lead with 13 seconds remaining. Uh, so I think overall this is a p- it was an impressive win for BYU, a little closer and a little more of anxiety for BYU fans than I think most fans would like, but the good news is BYU played well overall. The defense is still an issue at points because, as you saw, that rallying from that 21-point deficit for a team like Pacific, that's not nothing. That they they showed a lot of fight to fight back into this game. I feel like I still feel like I mentioned yesterday on the podcast. I feel like Pacific is a team that BYU matches up poorly against. Dave Rose kind of echoed my thoughts last night. Uh, the quote saying, "quote It was a hard matchup for us because of personnel. Pulling off the win is one that I will remember. It was a team win, which makes it makes it feel so much better because there are a lot of guys that are going to walk out with a little bit of a hop in their step and a little more confidence." in their ability to play and to help. And I think that's a, that, that was a big development for the Cougars in this game is getting contributions from multiple guys on this team. Too often this year with BYU, at least in the non-conference, it seemed to be a one- or a two-man show. Yoli Childs and TJ Haas and everybody else was kind of like, okay, well, sweet, we're on the team, but we're not doing much. Last night was a game that BYU won as a team, and that's good news because they're going to face another tough opponent tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk about St. Mary's here in a moment, but that team, BYU going to Moraga, has been a tough, tough place for the Cougars to get wins in the past. Uh, Gregor Bell tweeting out after the game last night, and I failed to note this, and I apologize, but it was interesting that BYU, of their previous four WCC openers on the road, oh, sorry, three on the road, BYU had never won. Two of them were at St. Mary's, and then one was at Loyola Marymount, and BYU was 0-3 in those road openers in WCC play to open conference play as a whole. We're talking the very first conference game on the road. So the first win uh, in BYU under Dave Rose's tenure in the WCC, getting a win to start off conference play. So it it was a good showing for the Cougars overall. It was good to see that Dalton Nixon was available to play after he was uh, reportedly dealing with some personal matters with university personnel, etc. earlier this week. Good to see him make the trip. He played 12 minutes in the game, uh, four rebounds, three personal fouls. Yoli Childs uh, fouled out in this game with about three minutes to go, but he still got another double-double his ninth of the year with 13 points and 12 rebounds. And if you told me that going into this game, BYU you would lose Yoli Childs with three minutes to go when he only scored 13 points. I would have felt like BYU was going to be in big trouble in this game, but my hat goes off to TJ Haas. 6 of 12 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3, 8 of 11 from the charity stripe. Jasheer Hardnett, 4 of 9 from the field, 8 of 9 from the charity stripe. 24 points for Haas, 17 points for Hardnett. 
hats off to those two gentlemen because they really helped BYU grind out this win. And like I said, I don't think I can reiterate enough how big it was for BYU to have uh, all those punches thrown at them by Pacific as the Tigers rallied to take that lead, but to see BYU fight back and hold on for a victory. So BYU now 9-7 overall on the season. Most importantly, 1-0 in West Coast Conference play. Now they head to St. Mary's. We'll talk about the Gales next. Talk about what's going on with Randy Bennett's squad. They've been scuffling along a little bit like BYU. Kind of a similar uh, mirroring each other, I guess, in the non-conference slate, and we'll talk about that next. Before we do that, though, do need to tell you about today's sponsor on the show. That is our good friends at Sling TV. If you want to catch the games like BYU last night on ESPNU or BYU at St. Mary's tomorrow night on ESPN2. Sling TV's got that option for you. For just $30 a month, you get all of the ESPN networks, Pac-12 networks, SEC networks, and more sports networks. Pretty much every sporting event you can handle, based on what I know, you can catch on Sling TV. The best part about Sling is you can watch it on your big screen as if it's a regular TV service and also take it with you on all of your favorite devices with their mobile app, your tablets, your phones, etc. There are no useless channels with Sling TV. There are no long-term contracts. You pick the channel lineup you want. It's a month-to-month deal. No hidden fees. You know exactly what you're paying right up front. And whenever you want to cancel, you can cancel for whatever reason at any time. It frees you up. You're not locked into a two-year contract. There's no cable bundle to deal with. Locked on Cougars listeners, you can check it out. Get a seven-day free trial by signing up with Sling TV at slingit.com slash locked on. Seven days free to get it to see if it's the right option for you. Go to sling.com slash locked on. Check it out, guys. It's a great TV service. Might be the right option for you if you're missing some of the sports you'd rather see. Check it out once again, slingit.com slash locked on. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. We are your daily source for all the BYU news, notes, and insider information you can't find anywhere else. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is the number one daily podcast network in America. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on the podcast. Let you guys know, hey, it's easier than ever to catch this podcast. All you got to do is tell your personal assistant on your cell phone or your smart speaker. Simply play podcast Locked on Cougars and you can find us there. Thanks again for your continued support of the show. Let's talk a little bit about St. Mary's. BYU is going to be in Moraga tomorrow night, 9 p.m., another late night game for the Cougars on ESPN2 as they take on Randy Bennett's squad. 
squad. Uh, this was a team that BYU has struggled with ever since they entered the WCC. Uh, going to Moraga has been a house of horrors for the Cougars. It seems like when they show up, foul trouble and shooting woes plagued them for whatever reason. But this St. Mary's team is a different St. Mary's team than they have been previously. Randy Bennett graduated a large majority of his contributors for seemingly for the last four or five years when last year's team departed, and they've struggled at points this year. Uh, they've lost to Utah State, a common opponent that BYU has defeated early in the season. That sent them actually on a four-game spiral. They lost against Mississippi State, who the Cougars also lost to. Uh, but most recently, BYU, uh, not BYU, speaking of St. Mary's, they've been on a up-and-down uh, kind of yo-yo system. They beat Cal State Fullerton, lost to LSU, beat Bucknell, lost to Western Kentucky, finished up non-conference play with a win over San Jose State, and then last night lost to San Francisco 76-72. This is a tough, hard-fought game. Frankie Ferrari, that's a great name, Um, plays for San Francisco, the Dons. BYU will see him later on this season. He had 19 points to lead San Francisco in the win. But the biggest thing is that St. Mary's was right in this game, and it took some fantastic defensive efforts down the stretch uh, for San Francisco to emerge with the win. The Dons, like I said, I thought they were a little bit of a paper tiger. Maybe not. 13-2 on the season, 1-0. St. Mary's now 9-7, but 0-1 in conference. So we got mirror image records for BYU as they head to Moraga tomorrow. Uh, I'm interested to see uh, how BYU matches up with St. Mary's because St. Mary's, Randy Bennett's system is very methodical. They know exactly what they're going to do. The only issue is it seems like this year he's still trying to get guys engrossed into that system and working and getting getting that system in. implemented where guys know what they're doing on every possession because for the last four or five years Jock Landell and those guys seemingly you had you knew exactly what they were going to do it was kind of the funny thing about it you knew what St. Mary's was going to do they simply executed executed it so well that you had no hope of stopping it so very impressive to see what uh, not very impressive I'm very interested to see what St. Mary's uh, throws at BYU you tomorrow. Jordan Ford has been St. Mary's most consistent and probably best player on their roster right now. Uh, Ford led St. Mary's last night with 24 points in the loss to San Francisco. Uh, Malik Fitz had 13 points and 13 rebounds. So this is going to be a game that Randy Bennett, he is an antagonist for BYU fans. I, I don't think there's a lot of love lost between St. Mary's and BYU. There's actually seemingly a pretty friendly rivalry with Gonzaga and the Cougars in WCC play. But St. Mary's is very much more that adversarial type. Uh, some hard feelings back and forth. I can think back to the craziness that was the Delavadova dagger in Provo when Matthew Delavadova hit that three from half court to beat the Cougars shocked them at the buzzer so there's not a, not a lot of love lost uh, between these two teams but St. Mary's roster continues to be very much an international roster multiple players from Australia um, they've added a couple of players from New Zealand most recently Dan Fotu uh, I'm assuming Polynesian he's a freshman forward also uh, Quinn Clinton from Christchurch uh, Christchurch uh, New Zealand as well both freshmen on this team but This is a team that they 
know what they're doing. Randy Bennett's got a very distinct style, but like I said, I don't feel like um, he's got this new crop of players on his roster operating like he had over the last four and five years when he had a lot of continuity on his roster. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Cougars tomorrow. Uh, they're going to have to deal with Malik Fitz, six foot eight, 230-pound forward. He's from Rancho Cucamonga, California. I mentioned Jordan Ford, probably their most consistent and best player on this roster right now. Six foot one guard, 175 pounds out of Folsom, California. So he's a relatively local product there in Moraga. But this is very much an international roster like it has been since Randy Bennett got to St. Mary's. They'll be expecting for another battle with the Cougars. It's always interesting, like I said, when BYU goes to Moraga. It seems like you have two quick foul calls on BYU big men that gets them put on the bench. And man, I just, it's a house of horrors, me looking back at those games that BYU has played at Moraga. And I'm hoping that tomorrow BYU can kind of flip the script, go out and just take care of business. We'll see. It'll be interesting to track how it all shakes out ultimately in the end but St. Mary's has been a tough place for BYU to play but we'll be able to watch them tomorrow night 9 p.m. at Mountain Time ESPN2 nationally broadcast game it's a late night but it is still national television for BYU to make a statement like I said yesterday on the podcast if BYU gets to 2-0 they open up 2-0 on the road in West Coast Conference play I think there's going to be a lot of confidence for BYU going forward uh, Dave Rose, I mentioned the quote early on in, in the first segment of today's podcast. He says, pulling off the win is one I will remember. It was a team win, which makes it feel so much better because there are a lot of guys that are going to walk out with a little bit of a hop in their step and a little more confident in their ability to play and to help. That is a big thing you can take into this game against St. Mary's. BYU ground out a win over Pacific. Now they face a team that has been a traditionally tough opponent for them to beat, regardless if it's in Moraga, Provo, or even in Las Vegas at the WCC tournament. St. Mary's, by and large, has had BYU's number. Can you now flip the script, get to 2-0 in West Coast Conference play, and come home feeling a lot better about yourselves? We'll see. It'll be interesting to track it. We'll be breaking it down for you on next week's podcast as we look towards home games for the first time in West Coast Conference play for Dave Rose's team. But let's hope they can go out and get a win tomorrow night and get to 2-0 in West Coast Conference play and get their 10th win of the year, get into double digits. We'll track it for you. We'll have it all covered for you on Locked on Cougars. Follow me on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch or follow the show at Locked on Cougars. We'll have updates on those games for you there throughout the night. All right, we will step aside here. We'll come back, get you up to date on everything else you need to know about BYU football. Uh, BYU women's basketball is off to a perfect start in West Coast Conference play. We'll talk about that next in Quick Hits. This is Locked on Cougars. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. (music) 
Welcome back as we close out today's edition of Locked On Cougars, getting you caught up on everything else we haven't touched on in BYU news. We'll start off with BYU women's basketball. Paisley Johnson scored a career-high 24 points as BYU women's basketball recorded a season-high 83 points as they blew out Pepperdine 83-58. to A great showing for BYU. They're now 3-0 in West Coast Conference play. Uh, three players scoring more than 20 points in the same game for the first time this season. I mentioned Paisley Johnson. She went 7-13 from the field. Um, she also had Brenna Chase alongside her, making a season-best 5 three-pointers on her way to a season-high 23 points. She added 7 assists. And then Shaylee Gonzalez, who's probably been BYU's leading player to this point of the season, um, finished third in terms of scoring with 22 points, but had a near triple-double with 7 assists and 7 rebounds. So a great showing for the BYU women's basketball team. They're now 11-3 overall on the season, 3-0 in West Coast Conference play. They'll be looking to make it 4-0 tomorrow, hosting Loyola Marymount at the Marriott Center. It's a mid-afternoon matinee, 2 p.m. Mountain Time. If you want to go out and watch it, tickets at BYUtickets.com. Game will also be broadcast on BYU TV. So it's a good chance if you want to take your little ones out to a BYU game. Women's basketball is much easier to attend. Your kids can kind of mill around. I know kids don't like sitting. I've got two of my own that are very young. Trying to sit them in a seat for multiple, well, about 40 minutes or so, let's say, in a row, not going to happen. So a good chance to go out and watch um, some basketball. A team that's very hot right now, BYU, tied their season-high three-point field goal percentage with 45.8% made yesterday. This is a team that is on fire right now, and it's a good opportunity to go catch the team, watch Jeff Judkins' squad in action. So get out there and support the Cougars 2 p.m. Mountain Time tomorrow. Um, some news from a BYU former football coach and player, uh, Jan Jorgensen. Uh, it was announced earlier this week that he will take the defensive coordinator position at Snow College. Uh, he's the first major hire under new head coach Andrew Mitchell. He's, their, he's the Badgers' former offensive coordinator who succeeded Paul Peterson, who is now the head coach at Dixie State. Uh, Jan spent last season as the defensive coordinator at Orange Coast Community College in Costa Mesa, California. Uh, they went 1-9 in 2018, so not a great uh, season overall, but Jan's first full season as as an assistant coach, uh, defensive coordinator, had an opportunity to kind of get his feet wet. He'd been a graduate assistant at BYU. I felt like he was a guy that was going to step into a role as a a full-time assistant on Kalani Satake's staff at some point, and I still feel like he's probably on track to do that at some point in his career, but now this is an opportunity for Jan to be close to home. Of course, the helper native, not too far away, being down there in Ephraim now. Uh, And Snow College, they're a top 10 uh, junior college. So this is an opportunity for Jan to really kind of raise his profile. Orange Coast, not a great season. And when you go 1-9, and I think you're probably off most coaching radars. But Andrew Mitchell, I think, understood, hey, it's good to have guys who are locals that can help recruit to Snow College. It's going to be an interesting future for the Badgers with the Western States Football League shutting down. All seven of their common um, conference mates in Arizona have all discontinued their football programs. But Snow says they're going to soldier on. They're looking to find a new uh, conference affiliation. 
I wonder where that's going to come from because they're kind of on an island now out here. California is the closest to them with uh, in terms of schools that have football, their junior colleges to play, but California has its own JUCO system, so I don't think they're going to invite Snow College to be the lone non-California school there. So I'm interested to see where the future of Snow College goes, but good to see Jan Jorgensen here along back here along the Wasatch front, and best of luck to him and the Badgers this season. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting run here because Andrew Mitchell, of course, he's a Snow College alum. He's helped uh, lead the Badgers to back-to-back top 10 finishes the past two seasons under Paul Peterson's leadership. Some high-flying offenses there in Ephraim. Can Jan Jorgensen come in, help that defense stay at an, a high level, and help them continue to stay as a top 10 junior college program? Maybe they do go independent as JUCO. I, I don't think there's many programs that do that, but uh, they may have to do it for the time being until they can figure out what they're going to do long term with the program but this is a cool opportunity to see Jan Jorgensen back here in Utah coaching close to home and a guy that's a BYU legend so here's wishing Jan Jorgensen the best of luck as he takes over as the defensive coordinator and here's a little side piece to this having a BYU alum on that roster in Snow College could be a big help to BYU recruiting wise because Jan we've talked a lot about BYU and their struggles getting junior college guys admitted but Jan now can talk to Kalani Satake and Ed Lamb uh, Jeff Grimes and say what do you need they can say hey we need such and such a player we have to have these academic requirements Jan can then go up and down his roster down there in snow and say okay you want to look at this guy this guy and this guy and here's your opportunity to do that I know the big 12 recruits heavily out of Snow College. It's an opportunity to be for BYU now, I believe, under with Jan Jorgensen on staff to kind of reestablish some ties to Snow College. Like I said, the JUCO player, you can't just add any JUCO players, Kalani Satake has said, at BYU in this day and age of admissions for the school in Provo. But having a BYU alum that can keep an eye out for young men that can fit at BYU because Jan's been through it. He knows exactly what BYU is all about. He can help identify guys and hopefully help BYU on the recruiting trail in terms of um, filling holes in their lineup when it comes to JUCO players and guys that are here playing locally. Just snows not too far away from BYU. It's an hour and a half to two hour drive. It's not long at all. So congrats to Jan Jorgensen and best of luck to him and the Snow Badgers going forward. Alright, that is the podcast. We'll be recapping St. Mary's and BYU for you on Monday's edition of the show. Uh, we'll also be getting you ready for BYU football. we we'll recapping uh, the players that have signed with the Cougars also looking at position groups and a kind of a postseason look and looking ahead as well that's all going to be starting next week on the podcast thanks for your continued support it's great to be back here in 2019 it is a new year gonna be a lot of fun talking BYU throughout this upcoming football offseason as well as the remainder of the basketball season and we'll we'll of course be talking a lot back and forth between the two sports and everything else in between come on we talked about snow college football for three or four minutes on today show. It's always fun to have those connections to BYU and we'll be talking about it right here on Locked on Cougars. Thanks again for joining me. Have a great weekend. This has been Locked on Cougars for January 4th, 2019. Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.